1: It's a story of men fighting for something against insurmountable odds.
0: I'm not a doctor. It's fantastic. It's something that's changed the world. It's totally American.
1: Takes you back to your childhood and makes your tummy just feel post so good.
0: I am the old man of the group. I am uh, the person that is most mature, and I am the only adult in this room. And it's it's debate my take. It's debate my take. And uh, Cody Lashney will be an adult soon as he turns thirty-two. Twenty dos. I think that's how you a say real it. Boy. It's debate my. <laughs> That's actually super funny. Uh, It's C3 Debate My Take. It is week one of the 2022 season for the NFL. And we got some cool topics for you tonight. It's a show where two men go toe-to-toe, two buddies, two pals, face off and go toe-to-toe over a series of topics related to the Carolina Panthers, the NFL, and life. And before I dismantle you, hello to you, sir.
1: Hello to you, good sir, but I have to give you a warning Because the only thing that can take me down is an elevator Not your arguments It's never happened once and it's not going to happen tonight So I'm happy to be doing another debate my take with you Let's go ahead and get to this shellacking, shall we?
0: Bring up tonight's topic, my good sir We've got a uh, good one tonight for you Let's start. Actually, let me take down this background now. We're doing this. Number one topic, numero uno, 2021 Carolina Panthers NFL draft. Was it a bust? Good, sir.
1: Well, if you're deferring to me, Tony, I am going to say that no, it was not a bust. And the reason why it's not a bus is because you never judge a draft class after one year, especially when you have a coach like Matt Rule who refuses to give a lot of these young guys the time that they need to actually develop. But if we just look at the 2021 draft class, I mean, look, you look at how many snaps these guys actually played for us, and it was pretty considerable. J.C. Horn was great for the first three games that we had him. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., I know you want to see more from him. I do as well, but he still has a ton of potential. We think Brady Christensen could be your franchise left tackle. Tommy Tremble is still a mauler. We're all very hopeful about Davion Nixon. Truba Hubbard might have some uh, some baby oil on his hands that he needs to get rid of to take care of those drops. But other than that, Tony Dunn, I, I really do feel like we have yet to see the full potential of what the 2021 draft class can be. Now, there are no superstars yet out of this bunch, but I look at JC Horn as a perennial all-pro at corner. I think Tommy Tremble is a baby version of George Kittle. And again, we have not seen the best out of Terrace Marshall and Davion Nixon. So No, I think it is far too early to call the class a bust, even though we didn't necessarily get the most out of them last year.
0: You're damn right it's a bust. It's a bust until it's not, fella. It is a bust until it's not. And I got no reason to believe that this class is good or even is is great, is good. I got to say this. Uh, I know. I mean, I feel like I'm rooting against these guys and I'm not, but I'm from the show me state right now. That's where I am. And I need some of these homies to show me something. And you know what? None of them have shown me anything. And what I mean by that is I will defer. Oh, all these, all these draft heads will be like, Oh, big snack playing awesome in the four snack snaps he played. Oh, Oh, uh, Brady Christensen, he's so awesome. Oh, um, here, let's put this. Oh, you, you hate on Chuba Hubbard. You hate on Chuba Hubbard. Man, these dudes are busters right now until they aren't. Am I rooting for every single one of them? Sure. I'm telling you, you want to hang your hat on this? J.C. Horn, the greatest corner in the history of the world. That's what people are like. Oh, he's the most shut-down mofo we've ever seen in our life. This dude played the Jets. He played the Saints with no receivers. He played the Texans. and That's it. And, yeah, is he good? Do I want him to be awesome? And do I expect him to be good? He damn well better be good at number eight. He damn well better be Good at number eight, but I don't want to hear none of this. Shy Smith is so freaking awesome. Demir Bird, greater than Shy. Oh
1: boom, please. boom,
0: boom. Man, it's all just the draft. You're like beatniks you're like you're like little 50s hipsters with your poetry trying to tell me how That's Shy me. Smith is awesome, how Deontay Brown ain't ever got he just ain't getting his chance. How Phil Hoskins is awesome. Man, the best dude on this list probably is Tommy Trimble at this point. And don't even get me on some damn Terrence Marshall Jr., the greatest receiver that couldn't even crack 200 yards receiving this year. Now, is this on the coaching staff? Possibly. Possibly. But I'm from the show me state. I need to see it. And damn, Thomas Fletcher on his hands and knees, crawling the hell out of here as they re J.J. Jansen. Man, who contributed on this list this year? Chuba Hubbard? Maybe. Tommy Trimble, best one. Maybe some Keith Taylor? Other than that, busters, busters, busters. It's a draft buster until it ain't.
1: So if I may rebut three things. One, <laughs> It's Terrence Marshall Jr., not Terrence. Oh, I'm going to call him
0: Terrence until he catches with 200 yards passing.
1: Number two, sasmith Smith is way better than Demir Bird, and he's only going to prove it in time. Has he
0: ever caught an NFL touchdown?
1: It's only one year, baby. I'm Has not he ever caught
0: him. one? Demir Bird Wait. caught him in his rookie year. Mm.
1: Hey, yeah, he scored a touchdown with his ass. I don't think real men do that. They score with their hands.
0: He had, man, he had a punt return, kickoff return. They score
1: with with their hands, Tony Don. And number three, you're damn right I'm a hipster because I was a fan of these guys before they were cool. So let's move on to the next topic. Who was the best coaching hire made by the Carolina Panthers? I'm going to go ahead and defer to you. I feel we probably have the same answer. Um, but I'll let No, you... we
0: do not. Oh, okay. Oh, and my guy ain't even on this screen right now. Whoa. The best coach and hire at this point is Chris Tabor, our special teams edition. Whoa. He's the only one on the list that hasn't gone out in failure. <laughs> He's the only one, I mean, like, and now, I mean, and, and all right, this is my, first of all, um, the Chicago Bears, who have been sort of a dumpster fire, in a way, for the, well, you know what, I don't know how to explain the Chicago Bears, defense has been all right at times over the last couple of years, offense never has a quarterback, um, a lot of craziness with the coach, with the coaches and the quarterback carousel and decision making there. But if there is one thing that's been consistent for the Chicago Bears, it has been their special teams. And Chris Tabor was the coach of this spe- of these special teams for the last four years, and for the four, last four years, the Bears have sent a Pro Bowler to uh, a, a special teamer to the Pro Bowl. Boom, punt returners everywhere there, and that's what we need. We need that. They even got their kicking woes under control this past year after double doinks in the past. So I'm telling you this, Chris Tabor, coming from the Bears, who even was the guy who was named the interim head coach at one point when Nagy had COVID, right? So he stepped in there and is able to play an administrative role there. And before that, 11 or seven years, seven years, with the Browns. So he's got 11 years as a special teams coach. Now you go, oh, the Browns, they stink. Well, you know what? The Browns' special team was not the worst part of their team those entire seven years. In fact, he's the only special teams coach in the NFL to have, in one season, a player from special teams, or actually, no, for seven years straight, I think it was, he had one player named on special teams as like an all division player. You know how they do the player of the week? Not all division, but the player of the week like special teams. Yeah. The Browns had it every have had one every year and no other teams done that. So, my guy right here on the list is the only guy that ain't been fired in shame, Chris Tabor. So I do like that answer. Chad Tabor, I didn't even say his name right. Oh, God, Chad Tabor.
1: I do like that answer. But like always, Tony, if it's coming from you, it's not the right one. The answer is Steve Wilkes. Listen, Steve Wilkes actually didn't flame out in Carolina. He was promoted. He went to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And they never even gave this man a fair shot. He had Josh Rosen as his quarterback. He has never truly had the opportunity to prove himself at the higher levels of the NFL. Now, inevitably, this bleeds to a different conversation, too, about are there different standards that black coaches have to meet instead of white coaches? And I do think that's true. But one of the things that I'm so happy about is that Steve Wilkes is, a, is such a respected defensive backs coach. Everyone who ever works under him loves him. They talk about his leadership material. Ron Rivera always spoke glowingly about Steve Wilkes, and that was part of the reason why he got hired, too, is that he was so highly recommended by everyone who was around him. Another thing, Tony, is the Panthers, after drafting J.C. Horn, bringing in C.J. Henderson, and Stephon Gilmore, We are moving to a press man corner defensive backfield for the Carolina Panthers. This is right in Steve Wilkes' wheelhouse. This has proven to be everything that he wanted the Panthers to be, but now that he doesn't have Ron Rivera forcing a certain type of defense on him, I feel we're going to get to see the best out of what Steve Wilkes can do as a defensive backs coach.
0: Objection, Your Honor. Speculation speculation wow. your honor how do you You're know that steve Wills wants to play a press man corner defense all we've seen him do is coach really good zone corners to this point steve objection Wills. your honor speculation move for this to be struck from the record next topic
1: denied steve Wilkes is <laughs> D- on. I don't care you're out of order.
0: This I whole court is out of order. It doesn't
1: matter if it's zone defense. It doesn't matter if it's man on man. Steve Wilkes is the defensive backs coach for the job, and everyone that he has ever taught always says that, they have, that he has made them a better football player I know that this will be the same thing for Steve Wilkes. This is the best hire that the Panthers have made. Bar none. And well, good days, Don't her.
0: gotta yell about it, but good lord. Next up.
1: Next up. Now, this is something that is...
0: Oh, I know. I feel like we should coin flip for who goes for this. First of all, look at this picture. of uh, This is Matt Stafford's wife. It's a good uh, screenshot right here.
1: Fantastic screenshot.
0: Um, today, as the I think it was today, right? It was this morning?
1: Uh, yesterday.
0: Oh, it was yesterday? Parade, All
1: right. Yeah, parade was yesterday. Yeah.
0: So yesterday, the Los Angeles Rams and the Super Bowl parade. In this, uh, there is this video that we're going to watch in just one second. Um, but this young lady who is a photographer fell off the stage. Let's, the question that we're going to be yeah. debating is, should Matt Stafford have reacted or done something differently? And I don't know if those are the words that are wrote on the script, but I feel like that's close enough. Cody, cue up this video. The Los Angeles Rams are um, on a.
1: So if you blank, you missed it. his this is her going to take the picture. That's her.
0: Well, 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 is that really her? That's not her. That's not her. No, that's the girl to the right because she got a phone. She ain't got no camera.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right.
0: You see, she's, he's she's looking off. to his left a little bit when we change this angle.
1: So look, this is the moment before she falls. Matthew Stafford, by the way, drunk off his ass. Or, yeah, frat. This is frat.
0: Stafford, he's not drunk. He's drinking a water.
1: Oh, did you hear? Did you hear his uh, his uh, speech at the podium? My man was turned up, Tony. That's a problem. I didn't hear
0: it. Oh, I now gotta go listen to it.
1: This is his reaction to what happened. So oh shit. So she falls off.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. And then walks away. And then look at his wife. Let's watch this one more time. Look at his face. I'm going to let you go first, Cody. Should Matt Stafford... Did he react correctly, incorrectly, the right way, the wrong way? Should he have done something different?
1: He acted the wrong way, Tony Dunn. He acted the wrong way. And listen, I'm going to give a shout-out to our man, Kenneth Panther Pickle. Comes on the Friday free-for-all the time. He made a good point. If you're sitting at at a stoplight and you see another car get into a bad crash, and then now they're on the side of the road, a good citizen should offer a helping hand. They should go and see if the person is okay. That's just what a good citizen should and would do. Now, Matthew Stafford was, as I said, was a little bit turned up. He was feeling the booze. But still, man, for him, to his first instinct was, oh, what this, and just turn and tail the other way, man. It's hilarious in its own right, but man, come on, at least check on her to see if she's okay. Now, maybe he figured, oh, I'm a little bit too drunk to even be able to help right now. I don't know, Tony Dunn, but it feels like it would have been the good thing for him to do to at least check and see if the woman who was taking his picture is okay. And I think that's reasonable enough. Now tell me why you're wrong.
0: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is going to try to appeal to your heartstrings. They're going to try to tell you that this young lady broke her cameras and And broke her her back. She literally broke
1: her spine, dude.
0: (laughs) They're gonna try to appeal you to your heartstrings. They're gonna also try to show you a video that is just a snippet of reality, just moments of a reaction. But, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you and I beg to you that you do not be guided by your emotions here, but you be guided by logic. In your own in the burden of proof, which lies on the prosecution. And I asked for you to find Matt Stafford not guilty. I asked for you folks to recognize this. Number one, this woman was careless. She did not notice that she was about to fall off a 20 foot stage. This stage was not four or five feet tall. It was not. It was a good 12 feet. Play the video again. We need to see. <laughs> I asked for the, to put this back into evidence. Number one, yeah. you have to be cautious of your surroundings. Number two, there's hundreds and hundreds of people around. And my client, Matt Stafford, overwhelmed by emotion, overwhelmed by the bizarreness, the magnitude of the situation was actually in duress himself. And what my client understood is that this man right here witnessed something horrific, (laughs) but he was not the person that could help the situation in its immediacy. He recognized that his wife was more nosy and ready to act. So he saw someone else there ready to take that good citizen role. He then looked and saw the entire crowd out there, was aware of these already, these people, and recognized that there were people, professionals in place to handle this moment. Don't ask my client to be like Tom Cruise, the Scientologist who one time said this on Oprah, that he drove past a car wreck and he got out and he knew he was the only person that could help because he was super special. My client in the moment of celebrating the greatest victory ever was humble. He knew he was not the guy that was right for the job. Tom Cruise would have pushed everybody out of the way and said, I can handle this. I'm a Scientologist. But Matt Stafford, under duress, under a lot of emotion, did exactly what he was supposed to do, was freaked out and overwhelmed. He handled it just fine. Go Bulldogs. <laughs>
1: Dude. Dude. The and also I would like to submit to evidence how far this drop is. That's what I'm but saying, yeah, man. Is look yeah, at the dude. drop.
0: The yeah, drop dude, is. What is be. he supposed to do? Get a bullhorn dude, and that yell down. Least,
1: that has to be at least eight and a half feet tall.
0: Oh, but easy. It, All right, look. No, yeah. Is that if dude, you look
1: how effortlessly he's like, oh, a <laughs> oh, nope. Gotta go. He said,
0: "Oh my God, this is serious." This is so serious. And to not be a gawker, too. Don't, is, be a gawker. So don't be a gawker. Don't be a gawker. out. Don't be a gawker. Look ahead. Straight uh, ahead. Don't stare at the wreck. Don't stare at somebody else's arm. Oh, um, one, oh, I also asked to submit to evidence this, that I will even say that Matt Stafford, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, don't let the world guilt shame us into action matt stafford and his wife are picking up this girl's entire hospital bill and paying i like this how they say paying for her cameras (laughs) okay i mean yes i mean like she's like this is like she's like nah i got health insurance can you pay for my cameras though no um i feel like this is that they were shamed into this and it's a nice thing to do. I think it goes to the. It's a testament, ladies and gentlemen, the jury of my character, of my client, Matt Stafford. Go dogs!
1: Well, I think that you add to my point. He knows that he did something wrong, or at least the internet is certainly telling him that he did something wrong, and now he feels <laughs> that he needs to make it right by paying for her bills. And shout I out! I feel. shout. Out is, to look Pratt at that look! Stafford.
0: Look at that face of his wife.
1: And you know, they said that being a quarterback is making split-second decisions. Dude, he made that decision in a <laughs> split-second,
0: bro. No you know what? Hey, that's his best no-look pass of the season. Yeah, dude. no-look passed one. it to his wife, and the whole crowd was like, I <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, what do we got let's, next?
1: Let's move on. Uh, and this is something that has been on the tip of Panther Nation's tongue for a long time. Many people in our chat room have brought this up to us. The question is, is Christian McCaffrey served best served as a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers? And Tony, I'm going to go first on this one.
0: I know you will, and we're going to differ.
1: Well, we might not. I'm here to tell you, no, he should not be a receiver. And let me tell you why. Because everyone is looking at Cooper Cup and all this recency bias, and they're saying, "Oh well, Christian McCaffrey can just be another Cooper Cup." And yeah, that might be true to some degree. They're similar, and you know they're route running bit. They're both
0: white. They're both. That's white all that is. They're both they have white.
1: Spectacular hands, but
0: do they have both hot girlfriends?
1: Feel, <laughs> I don't necessarily feel like Christian McCaffrey's injuries have come from just him playing a running back. It's not necessarily the contact that has beaten up his body so much. It's more, if anything, it's been the route running that has injured his hamstring and injured his ankle. I think if if Christian McCaffrey is an injury-prone football player, it isn't going to matter too much one position or the other if you play him at running back or if you play him at receiver. Christian's the type of guy who likes to be roughed up a little bit, wants to be hit. That's how he knows he's playing football. And he's a transcendent running back. And I don't know that you're actually doing better for him by putting him at another position. In fact, I think it could potentially worsen his injuries with the hamstrings and the ankles. So, no, I'm opposed to this. I, I, I would prefer that if we're going to continue with Christian McCaffrey let the man play running back.
0: You know, you surprised me on your answer. I know. 100. 100. Um, we are going to sadly um, be in the similar camps on this one, but for different reasons. Number one is this, is that uh, Christian McCaffrey should be a running back until he should be a receiver. And that's not right now what I mean by that is, is like his thirties are the time for him to be a receiver. His thirties. We're talking about a player that has the physical ability, the instincts and the explosiveness to succeed for more than de- like the next decade. Right. And so what I think is, is I think he's got three, or four more years, maybe three years, as being a running back, like an explosive, crazy-ass running back. And then he can give it a go in the back end of his career and transition to a new position. I do agree with you this, that these, um, these injuries are not entirely related to him being a running back. And I think that people overdo how much beating he has taken. We emphasize how many snaps he takes, but he takes a lot of, he's catching a ton of balls out of the backfield. Yes. Open field, stuff like that. And yes, I mean, I would say is that there is a brutality to running between the tackles and Christian McCaffrey is far better at running between the tackles than I ever thought he would be. But these injuries injuries have been soft tissue injuries, and my new theory about this is is that I wonder if Christian McCaffrey trains too hard. Mm. Now, every time I've seen this as Cody, I go back and I think about a couple of people that have been coming back from injuries, and this is, goes back when we did not have as much access to people's training routines. You know, back in like twenty ten. 2008 but every now and then you would see some sort of video i it this likens i saw um, a couple of these training videos of christian mccaffrey and how crazy his extras like it was like man this dude is a gym rat he is so like, he's, like, doing all of these crazy, he's, like, jumping up on these blocks, he's doing all this, he's, like, doing his feet, it's, like, amazing, like, he's the coolest dude in the freaking gym, and it, it reminds me of a video I saw of John Beeson coming back from injury, and he was training on this beach, and he was doing the beach training because of the sand and the things like this, and they even had, like, a bungee cord to him, and I was like, God, this guy is, like, 1% body fat, He is such great shape. It's almost like they're pushing their bodies to explosiveness to where their actual muscles explode. I wonder if Christian McCaffrey's training regimen is setting him up for too much or too for problems. So I say this is that also it's recency bias folks. Man, you give this guy 16 games healthy. He doesn't pull his hamstring this year. You're going to be sucking his you-know-what by the end of the year. You know, so let this man play running back for three more years. In his next contract, let's talk about signing him as a slot receiver. Christian McCaffrey, either get on the damn steroids or limit your workouts a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, and plus, uh, a last thing to add to this is I don't even know if he would want to. You know, it, you know, when you're a football player, you're a proud, proud person. You believe in yourself, you believe in your abilities, and you don't ever want to think that your injuries are limiting your career. I, I think he's going to play a running back, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, hopefully if he can stay healthy, I'm hoping to see a return to form. Mm-hmm. Next up, Tony Dunn. I've been thinking about this for a while now, and we've even done something similar to this on a previous uh, debate my take before, and it's about new uniforms. And you know, the the question is, do the Panthers need new uniforms? And I will answer yes that they do, but I'm also arguing on behalf of that because there is this notion that the Carolina Panthers have classic uniforms, and that when your uniforms are classic, you shouldn't change said classic uniforms. Well, listen, I'm here to tell you I believe the Carolina Panthers have the very best color palette in all of the NFL. It's absolutely my favorite. I love our logo. I love everything about the team. But our jerseys are not classic. There are teams with far longer histories Than the Carolina Panthers, who have updated their look from time to time and have maintained the feel and the vibe and the overall bravado of their football team. The Carolina Panthers, I believe, are the second youngest team in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There isn't a ton. They came in the same year. Yeah, there isn't a ton to even be considered classic yet. We don't have an abundance of, of, of history outside of our 20-some-odd year uh, you know, performances. But then on top of that, when you look at everything the Panthers have been through in recent years and the roster changes and the brand-new ownership and the brand-new coaches, Tony, I feel like it signals a new era for the Carolina Panthers to update their duds. Even the black helmet, if you change that helmet to a, uh, to a black helmet, then our logo becomes very minimalist, which is essentially just the blue outline of the Carolina Panther itself on a black background. Doesn't that evoke thoughts of a powerful black panther sneaking up from the shadows, getting ready to tear into your ass? That's what I think, and I think it's far past due that the carolina panthers embrace black helmets and update our uniforms because they are not classic
0: ladies and gentlemen of the jury you just heard my rival say these exact words the panthers need to update their duds that's
1: right
0: it's the truth folks it's the truth but it's the players not the uniform folks it ah. is the players not the uniform you can put lipstick on a pig all you want you can make these uniforms prettier 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 but in the, if there's duds wearing them they duds I rest my case
1: wow that's all huh That's all, she
0: upgrade the duds not the uniform upgrade the players baby that's it
1: alright then You heard it here. Tony says upgrade these dud players. How about the coaches? Those are the duds. There you go.
0: Boom. (laughs) Right away. I rest (laughs) my case again.
1: Our our final non-football-related question of the evening, and this speaks to your inner man-child, right? If money was no object and you had enough cash, to drop on a badass motorcycle or a badass jet ski. Which one you going for, Tony?
0: Oh, I thought it it was which one was safer or, oh, okay. No,
1: which one would you rather, man? 1,000%.
0: 1,000%. There is no question here for me. It's a hog, baby. It's a badass chopper. Oh, is this a motorcycle? No, it's a chopper, baby, as they say in Pulp Fiction. Give me the badass. Look, man, I'm in my midlife crisis, bro. I'm 40 years old. I grew my hair long. I'm getting in shape. Give me my damn chopper.
1: Tony, listen, you alluded to my birthday earlier. And I'm a Pisces, baby. I'm a water sign. Listen, Tony, we've been driving on vehicles with four, three tires, two tires, even one tires with the unicycle way back in the day. But the true measure of man's power to conquer the elements is a jet ski, Tony Dunn, going 60 miles an hour with the wind of your hair on an open bed of water all around you. Man, it doesn't get more fun than that then being able to drive past some girls in bikinis and spray them with the water coming out of your jet ski. Tony, there is nothing better in the world. It is the best thing to anyone who's never been on one. You absolutely must. Tony, I'm the king of the ocean, baby. Give me them jet skis.
0: That's another episode of Debate My Take where Tony... And Cody, go toe-to-toe over a series of topics related to the Carolina Panthers and the NFL. Both of us are the hosts. We're not even co-hosts. We're the hosts. That's right. Of the C3 Panthers podcast, which you can find on YouTube uh, live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Streamed on Twitter and Facebook as well. You can download the podcast or stream it, I guess, is more what you would actually do on iTunes. Spotify, Google Play. We ask for you to join in on our discussion about the Carolina Panthers each and every week. But this is what we need from you. We need from you, Judge. You're the jury. You're the judge and the jury. You tell us who won this debate. Jump in those comments. That's right. Tell me, are you a chopper guy? Are you a jet ski guy? Are you a... Oh, some other things well, are <laughs> you want the uniforms are you a stud or are you a dud i already have forgotten what we debated because i know i won i wasn't even worried about it jump in there my name's tony dunn aka the professor you can follow me on twitter at cat underscore chronicles my rival my foe cody lashney how can they follow you on twitter
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Lack. You see it right there. C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. And um, Tony, you know what? My arguments, they're a lot like Chuck Norris. When they do push-ups, they don't push themselves up. They push the world down. And that's what I've been doing here. When I debate you on Debate My Take, get in those comment sections. Tell Tony Dunn why he's wrong. And until next time, this has been another edition of Debate My Take.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.